0: Now that combination, I believe, makes you a good teacher, podcaster, and a good nurse who can listen and reflect and allow people to just be themselves. You know, it's fascinating every time you see how a personality takes a form in in form of career, in form of your your emotional journey. Man,
1: that's crazy, Aditi, <laughs> that you get all that because that that right there summarizes, I think, me to the T of of who I am. Because you're a hundred percent right.
0: Hi there, welcome to Absolutely Write, the very first handwriting analysis which means graphology based podcast show in India. My name is Aditi Surana, I am a graphologist and a high performance coach. Have you heard this? They say there are only 9 plots around which all movies, all books, all fiction is written. Can you imagine that? Which means every single plot is repeated and narrated over and over again by different authors, different imaginations about their various characters how about people as characters have you ever thought about it you know i'm brought up by an art director father who made us do short division scene analysis over dinner table conversation so for me i started looking at people as characters very early on in my life and that became my way of analyzing understanding and evaluating all the things that people did isn't it entertaining I'm giving you this thought because today's conversation wednesday episode is all about diving deep into somebody's personality and understanding why do they make the choices they do and how can they resolve those choices and thereby indirectly precariously understanding what can we do to change what we are doing and that is my idea with our absolutely right wednesday episode where you get to experience a real-time session unknowingly lots of entanglements start getting resolved and you suddenly start feeling calmer and clearer many listeners have told us that by now so without further ado let me introduce you to our guest today have you met multi-talented multi-passionate people yeah those who cannot be fulfilled by choosing just one career our guest today jeff christian is one of those people. He started his career as a professional nurse, then thought how about starting two NGOs to take my cause further, eventually became a basketball coach for school and then college and now professional teams of athletes. and then started a podcast to spread this positivity to the next level called Life's Essential Ingredients, and finally Currently, he's working as a leadership coach where he works with people to take their performance to the next level. I cannot wait to get the conversation started. Make sure that you keep your own handwriting ready when you listen to all Absolutely Right podcast episodes because every time I talk about some or the other handwriting stroke, that can help you reveal something really deep, meaningful and interesting about your own personality. So don't miss a chance. cannot wait to dive deep in this conversation with Jeff Christian on the other side. Hi Jeff, welcome to Absolutely Right. I remember last time when we met, I was on your podcast as a guest and that was a wonderful, wonderful conversation we had. I'm looking forward to your questions to me based on graphology this time. So I already have your handwriting sample. I had requested you to write on a blank sheet of paper, which is unruled paper, and you have sent your sample to me. Now, what questions do you have? What do you want me to talk about today?
1: Yes, well, first of all, thanks for having me, Aditi. Yeah, you uh, have made a huge impact on my life in the short time that I've gotten to know you. And and like I told you before, I I love reading your blogs. Uh, And I think you have so much great insight to share with the world uh, and to help people develop their best self. So yeah, I'm very excited to be on your show and and spend this time with you and have you kind of help me uh, help myself so I can help others. So my first question Uh, is a long one and a little bit of a tricky one. Mm -hmm. So I'm 51 years old now, Mm -hmm. and uh, I love to do lots of things. And my my main education was in nursing. I've been a nurse for 29 years, and I've had uh, the good fortune of working in a bunch of different uh, nursing fields, you know, Mm -hmm. critical care, um, public health, uh, and then teaching most recently. Okay. With that said, I've also been a high school, college, and professional basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that said, <laughs> uh, I've also run two nonprofit organizations. Wow. And I currently run one as, as my community service. And, and that's been a, a, a blessing um, with being a nurse, is you usually would work three days and then you're off, so you have more time. But my question is is how does my handwriting play out in all these different roles? And uh, I'll stop there because, uh, and then I have a whole bunch of more questions around (laughs) that question, but.
0: Sure, sure. And you also have a podcast.
1: Uh, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yes, and the podcast.
0: So every profession, every career choice that you have made every single thing has definitely came out of or chosen from the space of loving that larger idea so much that you couldn't have not done it. Mm. So it's not a practical, logical decision, but for you, you operate a lot from your emotional space. And that EQ, that emotional quotient that we talk about is is a fundamental reason why you choose whatever you do. And once you choose that, you put your 100% to that activity to that profession and i that's the reason you kept picking up multiple things so it's almost like falling in love with so many people at the same time so for you every career is a is a you know love affair in in some or the other manner mm. so when you do when you are working as a nurse there are so many aspects of your personality are getting fulfilled there but still there is a need to be uh, more intellectually stimulated to be a teacher, somebody who can make a difference. Uh, Also, you know, communicate or spread the word or spread that, that knowledge that you have gathered with the world. So with all different career options, you constantly picked up different choices. But if I have to look at your personality connection with it, then the fundamental idea for which you do it is your connection with yourself. And that's an emotional journey, emotional need, emotional conversation within and not outside which is so beautiful mm. and powerful to
1: look at. Mm. Well, that, may, that makes me feel a little bit better
0: <laughs> because
1: it's been, I, I don't think I would change my, my career and what I've done, uh, especially now that I'm kind of getting towards the end of it uh, a little bit, but it's been something that's, that's also bothered me because I, I felt like I've never mastered any, any one thing, I've just kind of been okay at doing a bunch of things. Which is very uh,
0: interesting that you say this, because in handwriting, we have something called baseline. And baseline is the imaginary line on which you write when you're writing on an unruled paper. Now, in your case, if I look at your overall writing, the baseline is fairly straight. hmm. But at the same time, it has internal ups and downs in the writing. Now, both these things put together means that you have a larger clarity about where you want to go. But internally, you get bored very quickly. You're a multi-passionate mm-hmm. person. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I believe that focus is overrated for, for most people. All of us can't focus. Some people are gifted with that ability to have prolonged focused uh, focus and other people do not have that ability. So in your case, engagement is where you operate from. If you're feeling stimulated, if you're feeling engaged, if you feel there is a sense of reciprocation in the activity that you're engaging with, you thrive there. But the very moment you feel there is a sort of disconnect, unlike others, you are honest about it and you do something about it. You know, I have met so many people who live through their life without doing anything about their boredom, their disconnect, their professional apathy. They just continue being who they are. In your case, you'd refuse to do that. And this is where the journey may look confusing to other people. And they may look at you as a confused person. But if I look at you, I think because you were very, very honest to your emotional connect with every activity, every single profession that you chose, you wanted to stay intensely involved with it.
1: Hmm. Man, how much am I going to have to pay you for those <laughs> comments and and it's I'm kind of in awe of sitting here and this you're making me feel really good. And not that I have questioned it, but you kind of have that voice in the back of your head that kind of speaks to you a little bit, maybe not in the best way sometimes. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that that validation that you're giving me of chasing my passion and kind of being authentic. And then if things aren't going well, just addressing it, uh, so I can put my energy into, into serving others. And I guess that for me has been one of the things that probably I've just told myself that regardless of, of what job, uh, I was doing, that it, it always allowed me to, to live my values. And in hearing your comments, um, makes me feel, um, you know, really good. Uh, about so uh, about where I'm at so uh thank you and I know you're gonna you're gonna tell me the truth uh a... too and so uh yeah well, this I, is I this is
0: true that. too Jeff this is as true as it gets
1: yeah yeah no uh, I'm uh I'm excited well that's all right so what what uh if I can ask just another question what what gaps do you do you see in, in my writing of maybe some confusion or just some things that don't line up and and things that I could do better
0: Okay, so the first thing that comes to my mind when I look at your signature, you complete your signature and you come back to cross your T. So there is a stroke that ends, at, you know, it begins at the end of your signature and then you come back almost to the half part of your surname and then you move ahead. Now, that backward stroke in anybody's writing talks about extreme self criticism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, you spoke about that inner voice that kind of doubts you, questions you, makes you prove yourself over and over again. I would say that stroke in your writing is just representing that critical voice that exists throughout. Mm. And that's an important area for you to look at because once you build that habit of being critical of yourself, every time you're doing something risky, every time you're doing something unconventional, that voice becomes stronger and stronger. Mm. What I'm referring to is having a stroke that moves from right to left. Mm. So, in your T, and specifically in your signature, you bring that stroke back. So, even for our listeners, you know, so many times while underlying your signature or creating that underscore, people start it on the right side and go all the way to the mm. left end. Now, any stroke that goes in a reverse manner talks about your ability or your challenge of being extremely harsh when it comes to evaluating yourself, criticizing yourself, and your words are not kind. So you're so Mm. kind to other people. But when it comes to criticizing yourself, you're very, very harsh.
1: Mm.
0: And let's talk about it. Okay. So many of us forget that the most important conversation we can ever have is with ourselves so that person in our head who's you know evaluating and criticizing stays with us throughout our life so when that person is unhappy that person is critical that person is nasty it becomes difficult to be okay with the external choices that we make
1: hmm. yeah i'm going to i'm going to agree with you for sure but i wonder if in me if that comes out in in different ways because i'm definitely very reflective Uh, and everything. And I try and maintain an awareness to, to understand how people feel and then return how I feel. And so I totally agree with you that I, I definitely look back at things. I don't know if I'm really hard on myself, but I wonder if that comes out in other parts of my body that perhaps is interpreting the, the questioning, the self-reflection, the the not being kind, that voice in my head that's that's a little bit harsh. I wonder if that can come out in different parts of my body. I don't know if that makes.
0: I would definitely pay attention to that. And yes, because you're reflective so many times, it also happens that while reflecting one particular perspective that we believe in to be true, we keep carrying that to be the final verdict in our minds. So even if we have great value system, when you constantly try to align yourself with that value system, when you go off that mandate that is self-created, you can be self-critical.
1: Mm, mm, yeah, definitely, I do that.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I'm I'm not saying self-criticism is always about you're stupid, you're this, you're that. No, you know, sometimes we are hard on ourselves to build a life that sounds or or reflects a particular value, and it sounds the way you want it to be, and in that struggle. We become very harsh on ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and would would an example? I mean, maybe even last night. Like I was telling myself, all right, after eight o'clock, you know, I don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. And so last night, though, my oldest daughter got out some uh, frozen uh, cookie dough. Oh. And it was after eight o'clock, and so here, Dad, have have one of these. <laughs> And I (laughs) ate one and that baby tastes good, but then after I was like, doggone it. There you go. There you go. I said uh, I wasn't gonna eat that and then so I do kinda not beat myself up, but and disappointment was is too strong of a word. But it definitely that voice came into my head of like, Wait a second, you said you weren't gonna do that. Right. And then the opportunity arose and my hand was the first one to be in a cookie jar. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's more of a concrete example of what you're talking about.
0: Exactly. So do we do that? All of us do it. You know, we are slightly critical of ourselves every now and then. But if I find something of that sort in your handwriting, which means that dialogue is very, very strong. And when you're not necessarily looking at it objectively, it takes over, And mm-hmm. then you do not feel as good about your choices the mm-hmm. way you expect them to to make you feel.
1: Yeah. So what do I do about it?
0: First of all, uh, the self-critical idea comes from having very, very defined ideas of life. So in your next self-reflective session, please look at where have you defined yourself to be this way or that way. Mm -hmm. And I, I say this because, you know, when I study personalities, I have come to realize that personality is a process. So many times when we are young or at one point in our life, we decide I'm this kind of a person and I must behave in this particular manner. Now, whatever we choose about ourselves, whatever we define about ourselves becomes that mandate. And then anything other than that, we become judgmental about. So that is mm-hmm. an evaluation point for you, or I would say reflecting point for you to, to think about.
1: Definitely. And I'm taking notes because I'm... For sure, when I'm done with this, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend some time trying to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so what what did you see in my writing uh, about how I
0: make decisions? So first thing I spoke about, I find your decision making style very empathetic and thereby also uh, emotional. So there are two aspects to that, for sure. Uh, another aspect that I feel is when you are evaluating information, you gather a lot of information, but not always use that information to make the real decision.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, there are some of us who
0: love to carry information, you know, gather, speak to friends and and look at catalogs and go on websites and read reviews. But when it comes to making the actual decision a purchase decision or whatever choice, we, we just go with what we feel.
1: Oh, man. Did my did you talk to my wife uh, before you made that statement, Aditi? No,
0: your daughter's actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My wife, when, when we watch this back, she is going to, oh, I love Aditi for saying that. Because, you know, and, and I'm being serious now. I'm laughing at it. But, but that's been a little bit of a challenge is I'll go to her and then she'll give me some insight. And then and we've been married for 26 years. Thank wow. God she's so patient with me. <laughs> um, but then she'll get upset with me uh, of saying, hey, will I never take what she has to say uh, into account sure. for the decision. And it's crazy to to <laughs> say that you pick up on that in my writing because that is... I mean, I do take into consideration, but you're right. I I think a lot of my decisions come from somewhere deep inside and probably more emotional, which is probably not a good way to make decisions. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, I gotta I gotta work on that.
0: So, Jeff, I feel do not work on that because if at this point in time, if you accept your personality to be this kind of decision maker, it'll be easier for you. Because if you try to become a logical decision maker, which most people think evaluating every possible choice is the best possible way of going ahead, it won't work for you. I'll tell you why. The other aspect of your decision making is intuition. So many of times, so many things that you pick up are picked up only because in that moment, you feel very, very strongly about that, that choice, that person, that decision, and that experience is worth falling for in your world. So if you mm. try to change that, you just go against your own nature. So I keep mm. telling people that a rose can become a better rose, but you cannot turn it into a sunflower mm. only because it is more productive or it looks bright or whatever for whatever reason. But whatever uh, personality trait you have, if you take that and if you move that forward, I feel that would work much better than mm. changing the aspects.
1: Mm. Yeah. no, I I appreciate you correcting me for that and giving me that insight in, in a different way, that word intuition, you know, as a nurse, it's such a big part of what you Give do. Give me an
0: example of this. How would you use intuition while making decisions as a nurse?
1: Uh, just in, in taking, uh, a patient's history of, uh, listening to, to what's not being said, you know, looking mm-hmm. at body language, uh, choice of words, tone. There's so many other things that, that allow you to understand what's truly going on with a patient. And that comes from experience and intuition. Right. Um, and, and then on a flip side, just personally, you know, to hear you tell me how I make decisions and, and, you know, trusting your gut, you know, same thing as, as intuition for me. And that's more, maybe more of a nursing thing, but that's led me to just meet some incredible people in my life. And, and I love, even though I think I'm a quiet person, but I love to meet people because I feel like they can help me help myself and and help others. And I, and I think that taking some of the fabric of, of who they are. And, and I've been able to deeply connect with people, um, you know, on an airplane, you know, wow. sitting there, uh, on a, on a flight, uh, and sitting there crying with the person that, I'm that I'm sitting next to, you know, and just having life-changing, uh, conversations and, and just being able to grab that moment and, and share it and then appreciate it. And then to, to move on to the next thing. And, and hearing you describe me and how I make decisions uh, is giving me goosebumps right now, first of all, um, but does make me feel a little bit better about appreciating that part of me, yeah. you know, and, uh, and not trying to, to change it. And maybe communicating that to my wife so she could kind of see that, <laughs> all right, this is how, how Jeff makes his decisions
0: i'm also going to take on that point that you made about communication so most of the time when we understand communication we either put ourselves as extroverts or introverts in your case your handwriting tilts towards the left or it is straight most of the time talking about your introvert nature and your reflective behavior whereas your signature shows very large size in the writing so it is a little different than your normal handwriting because it is a larger signature Uh, the communication or reaching out to people or being noticed or you know the whole larger persona comes naturally to you when you are in public and that contradiction creates the exact behavior that you described right now where you're very reflective very quiet but at the same time you can connect talk really reach out to people very easily now that combination i believe makes you a good teacher podcaster and a good nurse who can listen and reflect and allow people to just be themselves it's so beautiful like you know it's fascinating every time you see how personality takes a form in in form of career in form of your your emotional journeys and relationships it's just it's just so beautiful
1: man that's crazy aditi that you get all that because that that right there summarizes i think me To the T of of who I am. Because you're 100% right. You know, if I have my choice to go to a party or sit at home and relax and read a good book, I'm sitting at home relaxing and reading a good book. With that said, on the podcast, coaching, nursing, teaching, I feel like, uh, and I'm the same person, but I feel like I take on a different personality to allow me to connect deeply with with people and, and to, to serve others. I don't even know if this, this is making sense. It does
0: it, completely. And you know yeah, this yeah. is where knowing and understanding who you are is so important because otherwise we stand in one area and question the other. And you're like, but mm. if I am an introvert, how am I behaving like this? If I'm an extrovert, how can I do that? But when you accept and, you know, I feel graphology is a great tool to accept oneself and see the nuances, you know, like see all the the flawed areas of our personality and then embrace it. Because the most important part of this conversation is being able to embrace yourself for all the the so-called imperfections that you're you're built with and then Mm. make the most of it. Because Mm. that's the game, right? Like we we are gifted some parts of our personality and then we nurture and craft others. And the whole idea of, of having the play of both of them going on is where we make our life choices.
1: Man, I'm so glad that uh, I'm taking this time, that you've given me the time to, to take these steps. Because, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I have some, some health challenges going on right now where I'm, I'm not working as a professor. I'm actually going out on early disability retirement. Uh and I'm I'm okay. I just have being tall, it's it's been challenging on my body. And so I have some some pain issues and some other issues, which I don't want to get into with you. That's not the intent of this show. But I've been searching for kind of what's next. You know, I've I've unfortunately or fortunately have had these careers all at the same time where I've been in a position to, to serve others and and make these deep connections, which has fulfilled me tremendously. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm 51, but I feel like I've, I've already lived a life of someone that's 102 and maybe that's why my body is kind of breaking down because I've done so much living in the, in the short time that I've been on this earth. But to be honest, I'm, Struggling with kind of what what is what am I to do now, you know, and uh, and uh, yeah, I do this podcast, but yeah, who who knows really what's going on with that, and I'm doing this nonprofit stuff, but that's kind of hit and miss. Um, you know, when it rains, I won't be doing much of that, and um, so yeah, I don't know if you have any insight on stuff that you've seen. And it's probably a a lot deeper of a question, but uh, I know that's one that I'm continually I'm trying to just listen Mm -hmm. uh, and be patient, which for me is very difficult um, because usually I I have my intuition. And when you have that intuition, it's all right, let's go get it. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm a little bit lost. I'm not going to lie.
0: So the most important aspect of your description and what you said about being lost comes from not being excited about any of these activities that you once fell for mm. so you you know in so many areas you fell out of love but you did not allow yourself to accept that fact because you know, that was against your value system or that was against what you had decided at one point but that does happen you know we get into things and then we want to get out of it but you do not allow yourself to get out of things as easily as you do when it comes to getting into them. Mm-hmm. So I would say probably this is an opportunity for you. You know how 2020 gave all of us that moment to pause and think and evaluate our life choices. Probably this, like, this health issue is causing you to pause at a different level and reflect on all the choices that you have made and probably restart in areas where you do not feel the same emotional connection. Because going back to my first point where I started the conversation with one of your strengths, I may say, is to be very, very honest with yourself when it comes to making the choice that you make. Now that same honesty, when you are running out of love, you're not feeling the same level of involvement is also playing against you, but you do not want to accept it. And at some level, I feel you are in denial of doing this like mm, probably one day I would feel the same way I had picked that that task or that that you know larger area to serve the world I'm going to continue whether I like it or not whether I enjoy it or not whether it makes a difference or not but probably it is a time it's a forced way of of being um, stopped in your tracks and think about areas that you've got to probably drop at this point in time which is very very tough for you
1: yeah that's so true and I've been trying, I haven't done it. I'm, I'm telling myself to surrender, but yeah, I I don't think I'm there yet. I, 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 and you hit it, hit it right on the head. I'm in denial still. And, uh, and I'm trying to tell myself, Hey, just surrender to what's going on and then just sit and listen and I'll get the guidance that I need for this next, you know, journey, um, you know, of my life. But, uh, yeah, still trying to, to process that. But let's move on. I have a another question because I actually don't write in cursive. Um, My as you can see from my sample, I'm surprised you were even able to to read it. I have such an embarrassing uh,
0: I have seventeen years behind me. That's why I can read handwritings, but I agree with you. (laughs)
1: I have such an embarrassing story. We were at a, a friend's high school graduation and and I like to go deep. You know, I feel like I have one shot with people uh-huh. and so I'm going to put my heart out there. You know, right. that's just how I do it. And so I wrote this meaningful card <laughs> and unfortunately his his dad died. He was one of my best friends hmm. and so I wanted to give him a really heartfelt message. And there was probably about 50 people at the party and unfortunately his mom says, "Hey, you know, go get all the cards and your gifts, and let's open them up. And so I'm like, oh, great. And so he's opening up his gifts, and then he gets to my card, and he has his his eyes get huge, what I would call deer in the headlights. They're just monstrous like this, and he's looking around. He's looking for his mom, and I already know what's going on. He's like, Mom, I can't read this. <laughs> You know, and everybody's sitting around watching this. And so uh, they're like, well, hey, whose card is this? And and so I got to go over there and then I got to read it to them. And it's like, oh, man. So now, yeah, I don't don't use cursive. My kids can't read it. So now when (laughs) I do anything, I type it uh, or I just print it so Uh what is up with that help me out aditi
0: (laughs) so i think that's a beautiful observation that you made but i'm going to connect it with our conversation about being intuitive now here is the point though we are taught to write in a cursive style that's something that is you know even you know because we were colonized so british school of writing so all of us are supposed to do it That's considered good handwriting blah 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 but When people are intuitive, they cannot hold on to cursive writing because it has too many connections. And when it comes to writing disconnected or print, as you're saying, the disconnected writing gives a creative mind complete scope to move wherever it wants to and come back in the moment. And that ability is where you become intuitive because you're observing 15 Mm. things we are supposed to focus on your you know, reading or writing, or writing that next word, but your mind can go anywhere in that moment of disconnection, which shows in the writing. And that is the intuitive part of your behavior. So no matter how much you force yourself, you can never go back to cursive writing, luckily, thankfully, because you are deeply intuitive as a person. So it's against your nature.
1: Wow, so I have a question. So like when I'm studying and taking notes, and I'm so excited and I, I will write in cursive. I can't read my own writing, which I get all shook up. But in hearing you, am I interpreting this the right way? That if I print, is that going to help my brain get more creative and, and make the the connection behind what I'm reading and, and writing? And I don't know if you're following what I'm what I'm asking.
0: I, I just get... To make sure I'm getting your question right, you're saying that when you are making notes, you're always writing in cursive. Whereas if you use print while taking notes, will it will, you, will it make you creative? Yes. That's a good question. Okay. Now, I would not say yes or no to that question because when we are rushing through writing, that is not a natural writing to begin with. That is only done to move forward it's almost like taking dictation so that's not your real handwriting the real handwriting is when you sit down to write a sample a real handwriting when you're making notes or in a way writing a diary or making writing a letter that means a lot to you that's your real handwriting but not your greeting card where you're really you know trying to be calligraphy writer or something that's all is not counted similarly making notes I can analyze that but still it doesn't count because you're rushing and somebody is talking to you so your half attention is on that person's next sentence and half in the writing so that those samples are not considered as complete samples
1: let's talk about one last part for me and and you probably already spoken to it, um, but I feel like we've addressed like my nursing and my nonprofit, and I've been a high school, college, and I'm actually a, coaching a, a professional basketball team. With COVID stuff, we're not we're not doing that right now. But is there anything in my writing that you identified that can help me maybe gain some insight, some gaps, some blind spots? In, in that role of of coaching young people. And I've coached both, you know, men and women. Um, but yeah, that's my question.
0: So what makes you a great coach is your ability to to empathetically connect with people. And I think that's a brilliant, brilliant experience. So whether you're coaching them on anything, the fact that these kids are getting to to be around you and have a teacher or a coach they can connect with, I think that's a gift to begin with now how can you make that process better if that's your question now because you're very creative you do not end up creating systems that you stick to i believe as a coach especially in a professional sport you require to have those systems or those plans and those you know structures that other people can follow and count on so i definitely feel that's one area you either have to delegate it to someone or you have to pay extra attention to create that structure only for them to follow it. It's like professional athlete discipline. But when when you are lenient about it, and you're not lenient because you don't want them to improve, you're lenient because you look at the larger picture and you believe they'll figure it out eventually. But in the moment, probably that is needed, that is required. So I would say that sense of discipline for them to follow, not for you to follow, but for them to adhere to is something I feel you probably need to pay attention to.
1: Mm. that's crazy because I would say that you were you were incorrect on that. okay but but no, you're you're spot on because the the last team and the current team that I'm coaching, I would say it was uh, I've been coaching high school boys, high school girls, and then college girls, and then this last team. Uh, was a men's professional team with players, probably 24 to 34 years old. And I, I realized that I haven't coached that level. And, and I think I did let myself kind of not have the same confidence and structure that you're talking about. Um, and, uh, so yeah, as you were saying that, I was like, no, I don't, I don't agree with the D.D. And then I was like, wait a second, she's spot on for, for my current coaching, you know, uh, right now. And so uh, no, that's that's really good uh, uh, information to, to have. Yeah. So thank you for
0: that.
1: Well, I, yeah, I've definitely uh, been a fan of just running across you, and you. definitely everything that you've highlighted for me. Uh, today has been amazing and i would say 99.99999 accurate
0: thank you Uh, so can you can you say absolutely right because that's the name of our show
1: definitely definitely (laughs) aditi is absolutely right about my writing and my personality and uh, it's been so insightful uh to, to just get this knowledge and then I need to take some time to sit back and reflect and, uh, and process. And then uh, honor, I think, is a word that I'm going to take from from this conversation uh, of, of in myself. Uh, I think I could do a better job at that. So for that, and I thank you, NBT.
0: Thank you. And I, I feel, you know, we have this segment on our show called Autograph, Please, where I speak about your public image and how you're misunderstood. But I feel today's conversation was so loaded. It had so many nuances. And if somebody is completely tuned in, they'll understand that embracing yourself and looking at all those different combinations that one uh, gets into as a person or as a personality while dealing with the different situations at hand and just being okay with that. We keep talking about development improvement going to the next level but all of it begins by accepting yourself for who you are how you are and we miss that point we are constantly made to feel less off we are constantly made to feel that we need to fix something within ourselves to just be okay just be good enough and i feel i I personally jeff i have this fight with that thought you know i feel when people will start accepting themselves for who they are we change the way we we purchase, we we make life choices, the way we look at relationships, everything would change. But mm. constantly with, with the capitalist world that we are into, the kind of economy that, that works on our fear and our greed, we are constantly made to feel less off. And this is mm. where the biggest challenge comes. And we don't realize when we are being programmed by others and when we start programming ourselves in the same thought process. And I feel mm. that's important even for you to look yeah. at.
1: Well, you can't see it, but I got tears in my eyes, Aditi, with uh, what you're saying, and you're speaking to my heart and soul for sure. And I think, uh, yeah, I think I needed to hear that. And, and uh, again, I think honor is just the best word uh, um, that I'm going to take away from this, of of your insight, uh, allowing me to accept who I am, what's going on, the circumstance of, of which I'm living and then just to tell myself that hey that that is enough and uh and then to share that person yep. you know with with the world uh you know one smile one kind word uh and in my case one slice of pizza uh, i can't <laughs> wait till till you get to come and you better come out this way Aditi, cuz uh we got to have some pizza together
0: done so yes yeah. looking forward to it just let the, let the covid get over let let the Travel be normalized and I will come and see you soon.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Thank, well, thank you, you so much. much Aditi.
0: Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for for opening up and being so vulnerable. I feel that's so powerful. Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. And uh, I will look forward to when our, our paths cross again. Uh, until then, I'm, a, I'm your number one fan. Uh, I have told so many people uh, about you. Um, your flow of thought, uh, your blog. Um, I have a cousin in Japan who's a, a big fan uh, of what you're doing. So right now. Yep. And, um, so yeah, uh, I can't wait till the rest of the world and it's just a matter of time. And I know I told you this in, in one of the platforms, but, uh, till they get to know the, the amazing person that you are and the insight that you have into helping all of us truly see each other, honor each other and be the best version that we can be of ourselves. And you're uh, huge in, in my life and helping me do that. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for having me on the show.
0: Thank you so much. Ed. Thank you for your kind words. It was so kind on his part to, to really say everything that he did. It is such an honor, you know, to walk into somebody's inner corners of their heart, their emotions, their personality and talk about, comment about things that they have never ever shared with anybody it is it's a privilege and every time i do any sort of handwriting analysis and talk to people about their journeys i feel as if some stranger is inviting me into their house and letting me really figure out what they can do to make it better it is it is a privilege Thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of Absolutely Right. If you want to know more about our upcoming graphology classes, which is a graphology masterclass, or you want to book an appointment with me, or use graphotherapy to make your life better, to solve the problems that you have been kind of dealing with for the longest time, you can visit the website aditisurana.com. For any further question, you can write to me at write, W-R-I-T, at aditisurana.com. If you like the conversation, go ahead, share this discussion with anybody who can get benefited by it. You can like, share, subscribe the YouTube channel, Aditi Surana. You can find me on Instagram. Again, the handle is Aditi Surana. And if you are a podcast listener, please take a moment to rate and comment the podcast so that other people can discover us easily. That would be of great help. Thank you so much again for joining me on this episode of Absolutely Right. I'll see you on Friday. Till then, happy writing.